This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. And so for the message today, we're talking about getting, setting your house in order, dealing, dealing with death, dealing with death. Specifically, setting your house in order. And so I just kind of start off with our anchor scriptures in the book of Second Kings, chapter 20. Beginning at verse 1, it says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And a prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Amen. And we said that, that when the prophet, when he came to the king, when he came to King Hezekiah, he wasn't giving him, you know, information that, that Hezekiah shouldn't have already had. Hezekiah should have already known. It is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is according to everyone to die and then to judgment. So all of us, we know that we're going to die. But what he was pointing out to him, the reason why this was a a revelation to to the king is that he was pointing out that there's an immediacy, there's an urgency to this time. And because of the urgency of the time, that there are actions that you need to take without delay. And so the reason why we're given this teaching is not because we're given, we're not not given some kind of prophecy, we're not given some kind of ill saying over the congregation of this church. But we're saying that there is an urgency to the time. There is an urgency to what God is, is, is needing to accomplish in this particular span of time. If you've been listening to the 10 a.m. services, you know that now is the time when we need to be prepared, when we need to be able to make the right decisions, when we need to be able to move forward with confidence and faith in God. And we, can't, we cannot allow ourselves to stumble and to be uncertain in our actions towards the kingdom. We can't allow ourselves to be kind of in and kind of out. Straddling the fence, trying to see if we can both serve ourselves and also the will of God. There's an urgency that we need to apply to our actions because there's an immediacy. Listen, there's a span of time that we're in right now, but this span will not last forever. So there is an urgency, there is an immediacy that we must apply to setting our homes in order. We said that we want to help you to get in the correct position, to understand where you are. Because in understanding where you are and understanding where you've been, you can take stock, you you can consider and weigh. In understanding where you are, you can also help and understand where the people around you are. Because when death comes, when change comes, we don't know how we're going to respond emotionally. We don't know how it's going to affect the people that we love the most, those that are grieving, those that are in need. So because you can't control that emotional response, and I know you think you can. I know you say, I got this. I've been through it before. I've seen it before. But every time... It's different. Every time it's the, it's, it's, it's the first time that that happened. 
it's the first time for that death. If I, if I thought that I understood death when my father died, guess what? I learned that, I learned so much more about it when my grandmother died. If I thought that I had, had been through the wars and had gotten the scars and I was fully aware of all the range of emotions that I could feel over the course of a year, over the course of two years after my father and my grandmother died, guess what? Five years later when my mother died, it was a completely new thing. So you can't, you cannot predict or control that emotional response. But what you can do is to prepare yourself with the truth of God's Word. With the truth of God's Word. Fortify yourself with the order that He has established in His Word and command your house after that order. Listen, God wants us to get to a certain place. God, said, God is saying that now is the time where we need to make haste and to make preparations. We need to take the actions that are necessary to get our houses in order. And we're going to talk about the course of instruction. But for today, what we're going to look at is we're going to look at, at, at really considering where we are right now. At where we have been. At where our destination needs to be. And we said that we were going to look at the life of, of of Jacob, you know, there are very few people in Scripture that, that God allows us to, to have insight into, into from when they were born all the way into their death to, to kind of see the, the, the revelation, to see the change in their walk, to see how, how He spoke to them and how he, he dealt with them in every season of their lives. And I think that we can take instruction from that because the way that God speaks to you when you're first starting out, it's not the same as after you've been through some things and that you've gotten dirtied up a little bit and that shine is taken off of you. And guess what? It's not the same when you're looking at the end of your days and there's, there's, there's more days behind you. Then there are days in front of you. God, God, the, the word of God is the same, but the application of the word it changes. You, you, you'll see in the scriptures that God he, he repeats some of the same things over and over again, but how he puts it, the way that he that he presents it to Jacob, it, it, it changes based on Jacob's condition, because God God is a God. He's he's an effective God. He puts his word in your ear so you can hear it. God knew that you were on your devices all the time. And so he put this word on live stream so you could get it. He walked all up into your Facebook page. Because that's where you spend all your time anyway. And he put the word right there. He jumped right into your YouTube channels. Because he knew that that's where you were. He says, I, I, need, I need you to hear this word. Listen, the promises are the same. The promises are the same. What he's spoken, he will do. But he's, he's, he's trying to give it to you in a way that, that you can hear it, that you can receive it. So let's just get started. Let's just start. We're going to first look at, at, at Jacob as he's starting out. And Jacob, as a young man, he was all about, he was all about the blessing. He was all about the blessing. And when I'm talking about blessing, for Jacob, the blessing was all about the things. 
It was all about the material gain. He was all about, how can I get added unto me? And unfortunately, that's, that's where a lot of our, our, our younger people, that's, that's where they find themselves. They find themselves all about the Benjamins. All about the Benjamins. They, they, they get so shocked. They've come from this, this, this place where they were basically poor and destitute because they had nothing. Because they worked none. They didn't do any work. All they did was, was, was sit around your house and eat up your food. Now they got a little piece of a job. And they got some checks coming in. And all of a sudden, they, 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 they changed their focus. They changed their, 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 their aim. And it becomes all about the things and the stuff. And yes, the world can be enticing. You know what? Between the ages of 25 and 35, you'll find that your economic situation changes dramatically. You, you thought that you were in a certain place. You thought that you were in a certain destination. But, but you're, if, if you work and you're diligent, you apply yourself, you find your, 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 your situation changes dramatically. Dramatically. But, you know, you can become so enamored with, you can become so enamored with that material success that you begin to let that take the place of your worship. What am I talking about? You can become so enamored with that paycheck that you say, well, yeah, I, I need to sign up for those extra hours. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for that overseas assignment. It's going to be an extended three-year tour. Put me down for that. How much can I make? And, I, and you pay for my living while I'm doing it? Oh, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. That means I'm making bank and I'm making bank. But, but are you where God wants you to be? Are you where God wants you to be? Listen, we're, we're going to get to the place where Jacob is at the end of his life. And he's at a place of peace. But listen, he didn't start off in that place of peace. He wasn't like that his entire journey. He had to get to that place of peace. And a lot of times we look back and we, and we, and we look at our, at our children and we say, well, what can I give to you? What can I leave with you? What instructions can I, can I set you on a way where you'll be successful? And we forget, we forget that, that, that it's a journey to get to this place of peace. We forget that there's a course of instruction that we had to apply to ourselves. We forget that there were, there were things that the world has set out in front of us that were enticing and that were pleasing. And that we did partake of. And it would be foolish for us. It would be unlearned for us. Not to make our children aware of the road ahead of them. Once we have traveled. It would be unlearned for us not, it would be to, for us to not give a warning to those that are coming behind. It says, consider, consider, I'm going to open up my heart and expose myself. I'm going to, I'm going to show you who I am. But I'm not, I'm not only not showing you who I am, but I'm showing you what, what God has done. Listen, you don't have the excuse. You don't have the excuse that because mama did it, that I'm stuck in it. That because daddy did it, I'm stuck in it. You don't have the excuse. 
you should have taken their lives as a warning and adhered to righteousness and to the righteous standard. So go to, to, to Genesis. And we see that Jacob, he's, 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 he's leaving his home. He needs to go and he needs to, to make his, his way and, and, and find a wife and begin to establish himself in his own house. And as, as, as he leaves his home, he comes to this place. In Genesis chapter 28, we're going we're gonna to do some reading today. At verse 10, it says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. Jacob is leaving from Beersheba. He's going back to the place that you Bible scholars, if you remember, Abraham, that he, he tarried in Haran before he came to the land of promise. And so here we see Jacob, he's making his way He's doing the reverse trip. He's leaving the land of promise and he's going back to Haran. Verse 11, And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And you've got to be some kind of tired to have a rock as your pillow. And he dreamed and behold... A ladder set up on the earth, and atop of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac, and the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. God, God shows himself. He says, you know, we know that God, he's the God, he's not the God of the dead. God is the God of the living. His desire is not for you to make preparations to, to, to die and to, and, to, and to go off and ride off into the sunset. God's desire is for you to make preparations for your living. He says that the land that you're on right now, I'm going to give it to you and to your seed. And it's so powerful in verse 14. It says, And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I mean, that, that's, that's powerful because what God is saying is that the same promise that I gave to your grandfather. The same promise that I gave to your father. I'm giving this to you. That it, it, it's for you in this time. So God, God is basically, he's, he's revealing Jacob's purpose. He's revealing to him his destiny. He's saying, this is where you're going to end up. He's saying, this is, this is what I'm going to use you for. But glory to God, that's not where Jacob was at that time. God is saying, I have these things that I can do through you and in you. But that's not where Jacob was at that time. And what I love about this is that, is that Jacob, that he responds much the same way that, that our young people respond. And some of you older people too. He responds with religious fervor. 
What does that mean? Religious fervor. He goes and he shows the outward signs. Look at verse 16. It says, And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And it says, And he was afraid that he, that he's, that he moves with fear. Verse 18, And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured, poured oil upon the top of it. Jacob goes and he, 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 he pours the oil upon the stones as a, as a, as a memorial, as an, as an altar. He's, he's, he's sanctifying the stones. He's sanctifying the place. He's, he's sanctifying the situation, but he, he hasn't applied that oil to his heart. Verse 20, and Jacob vowed a vow saying that if God will be with me. This lets you know the place where Jacob is. This, this place where Jacob is, this place where so many of our young people are, where so many of our older people are. Jacob is in a conditional place. He's in a conditional place. A conditional statement is one that goes, if, then. If this, then that. If you do this for me, then in turn I will do that for you. It's a condition of, if, if you don't do it, then, then my hands are free. But if you do, then I will. He's in a conditional place. Many of us have a conditional relationship with our Lord. Lord, if you bless me. Lord, if you get me that job, Lord, if you get me that woman, Lord, if you bring me that man, then I'll serve you in the church. Then I will give my offerings. Then I will be the man of God. I will be the woman of God that you've called me to be. Verse 20, and Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way, that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. He's specific. He's like, look, I need something to wear and I need something to eat. So that I come again to my father's house in peace. Oh, and that's a big thing. Jacob has, has, has wrecked his father's house. He's sown discord between him and his brother. He has deceived his father. He is the one that broke the peace in the house. And now he's saying, but God, if you bring me back to my daddy's house in peace, if you repair what I broke, if you fix what I messed up, bless this mess, then shall the Lord be my God. Then shall the Lord be my God. Listen, a lot, too many times, we focus not on what God is saying, not on the promises that God has made to us, not on what God says that he wants to do through us, but we focus so much on the things, those things that are external to us. So we don't, we don't focus on the word. We don't focus on the promise. 
We don't focus on the work and what God is trying to do in us. We don't focus on what God is trying to do through us. We focus on the stuff. And so listen, we're talking about financial considerations and death, and we've got to get this straight. We've got to get this foundation straight. Because too often, we have set our eyes on the stuff. And our kids are looking at our home saying, well, I guess this is going to be my house someday. They're saying, well, how much, do, how much life insurance do you have? Tell me, about, tell me about the bank account situation. Tell me about how this business runs. Because they're not looking at what God is trying to do in them. They're not looking at what, what God has promised them in the words. They're not looking at what God is trying to do through them. But they're looking at all those external things, at the stuff. And they're in, this, they're in this conditional place. This conditional place. If it works out for me, then the Lord will be my God. So what does that mean if you're in a conditional place? That, that if you're saying, well, well, if you do your thing, then I'll do my thing. Well, where are you right now? That means that since you haven't done your thing yet... Since you haven't brought me that man yet, since you haven't brought me that woman yet, since you haven't given me that job yet, I'm still stepping back. I'm on the sidelines. I can't commit myself. I can't pledge myself. Because if it doesn't work out with you, i got to make sure I have another out. Jacob was in a conditional place. He was in a conditional place. And that place, it, what it did is it, it, it led him. It led him to, to, to pouring out his life. To pouring out his substance for nothing. For nothing. Look, your material goods, they can only give you a false sense of security. It's never true security. Your family will never be secured with a material inheritance. If all you have are things and stuff to leave to your children, just know they will never be secured. They will never be secured. They will just be waiting for some strange woman, for some strange man, for some promise. To take it all away and to leave them worse, worse than they started. Go to Luke chapter 12. Just real quickly, Luke chapter 12. Listen, we're going to get there. We're going we're to get to where God wants us to be. We're going to move forward from this conditional place where we said if and then. We're going to get to where God wants us to be. In Luke chapter 12, starting with verse 16, it says, This is Jesus, and he spoke a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns. And build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits. 
in my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. What I love about this parable is if you look at the construction of it, is that you look at how many terms the word I is used in this, in this parable. Look at how many terms he uses the word my in this parable. This, this, this man, he, he's only focused on himself. He's only focused on his stuff. It's like, it's, 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 all, about, it's all about the Benjamins. It's all about the stacks. It's all about what I have. He says, look, I've got, I've got protection even against the future. He says, I have goods that are stored up for many years. I don't even have to worry about it. There could be a famine. I don't even care. There could be whatever, diseases, pestilence. It doesn't even bother me because I've already set aside what I need for me. I've already set aside what I need for me. But listen to, listen to God's judgment. Listen to God's judgment on this place, on this conditional place. Verse 20, it says, But God said unto him, Thou fool, you're so unlearned. You are so unlearned. You thought you knew, but you didn't. You thought you knew, but you didn't. This night... This night, thou soul shall be required of thee. Then, who shall those things be which thou hast provided? It's like, look, there's a, you, you foolish person. You sought to make plans for year to come, for years to come. But guess what? There's an urgency, there's an immediacy about the time because this night, your life is required of you. And now, who is all this stuff going to go to? And, and the Lord says, this is the same way. This is the same way to consider. He that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. We have to push on. Listen, the next place that Joseph, that Jacob gets to is that he, he, he's in this broken place. He goes from this conditional place where he's saying, if you do this, then I'll do that. So now he's in a broken place. And how did he get there? It's because he's worked the work. He schemed the schemes. He's made the deals. And he's gathered in. He has, he has livestock. He has wives. He has children. He has possessions. But for all the things that he has externally, he's empty inside. He's in a broken place. All he has are, are pieces. All he has are, are pieces. And he thought that if I, got, if I just got that piece, and if I just got that piece, and if I just got that piece, that, that I would be whole. But he's not whole. He's broken. He's in this broken place. And he finds that, that he has to to, to, to leave. He's got to leave that good job. He's got to leave that good job. He's got to leave this place with that, 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 he, that he had relocated to. And he's got to go back. 
He's got to go back. You know what he said in the conditional place that, Lord, if you brought me back, if you brought me back with a bunch of stuff and if you brought me back in peace, then I would serve you. But now he finds out that, that it's not that God is bringing him back, that he has to run back. He's got to run back. And guess what? There's not peace where he's going back to because his brother is still angry with him. Because there's still bad relationships. You know, sometimes when you burn those bridges, when you burn those bridges, there's a saying that, that, that if you want to succeed in life, that you cross a bridge and then you burn that bridge so you can't go back. Sometimes you'll find yourself going back to that burned out bridge. And you're looking at that burned out bridge and you're saying, I need to cross. Guess what? The bridge is there so it can make crossing the crossing easier. But now you burn that bridge. Now you got to go back the hard way. You burn that bridge. Now you got to go back the hard way. Now you got to go down to the rocky places. Now you might need to get a little wet. You might need to get a little uncomfortable just to get back to where you were. Just to get back to where you were. Jacob has run as far as he can. And now he's out of room. Now he is out of room. And so he sends his, his family in order to try and appease his, his brother. We're not going to dig into it. Again, I said there's, some, there's so many pockets here that we could just rest. But, but God has another place for us to be. We can't stay in this broken place. That he, he sends his, 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 his livestock away from him. He sends his, his children away from him. He sends his servants and his wives away from him. And in Genesis chapter 32, this broken man in Genesis 32, we find that, that, that he's, he's left all alone. Genesis 32, starting at verse 24, it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled with a man until the breaking of the day. And he prevailed not against him, and he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, for he wrestled with him. And just jump down to verse 28, and the, this, the, the, this, this, this messenger tells him, it says, And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And jump down to verse 31. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. So listen, Jacob is left all alone, but he's wrestling with the man. He's all alone, but wait a second, but he's wrestling with the man. Jacob is left alone, but he's wrestling with the man. Jacob is wrestling with himself. He's wrestling with what God has called him to be and who he wants to be. He's wrestling with his morality of, of how do I justify what I want to do and try to make it seem as though I am still in compliance with the will of God. He's wrestling with purpose and convenience. He's torn. I love this in, in verse 31. It says that, that he was halted upon his thigh. In, in, in 1 Kings chapter 18, if you were here on Wednesday night, then you, you, you were truly blessed. 
we talked about the prophet and how he, he confronted the, uh, the, the, the false prophets of Baal, how the prophet Elijah, Elijah confronted the false prophets of Baal. And, and one of the things in 1 Kings, Elijah, he, he, he tells the people, he says, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. And if Baal, then follow him. The word of the Lord went forth. The people they didn't they didn't they didn't say anything. <laughs> they knew if they if they if they spoke that they would be bound by their word. They didn't want to say anything. They were like, well, if then, you know, if if, if God prevails, if the prophet prevails, then maybe we'll say that God is God. They, they were in that conditional place. But listen, Jacob, he's in this broken place because you, what you, what you, when you halt, that means that you're stumbling. That means that you, you, you're tossed. That means that you're wavering. That means that you're wavering. There's an old proverb. It says that, this is a, this is a, a, a worldly proverb. It's not in the book of Proverbs. Forgive me. There's an old proverb that says that, that if you go out to chase two rabbits, you won't catch any. That if, you, if you're going and you're trying to go after two things, two separate things, guess what? You're not going to have any of them. You're not going to have any of them. And the Word says that how long are you going to stumble? That The Scripture says that, that, that you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. You can't serve. God just makes it plain. He says, I want you to understand, I'm not talking figuratively. I'm saying you can't serve God and money. You cannot serve God who is eternal and bind yourself to these material things that are fading away. And because Jacob is trying to do this, he's in this broken place. He's in this broken place. And I love the scripture here. It says in verse 28, it says that the, the, the angel, the messenger, he says that, that thy name shall be. Listen to, read the scriptures. He says, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men. Listen, that word shall be, listen to the words, that word shall be, that's a future statement. That's not where he is right now. That's not, right now he's in this broken place. And too many of our, of our children, too many of our young people, they, they thought they had that job. They thought they were going to get that promotion. You know what I love when you're young and you start making money? You start making a certain amount and then next year they give you a 15% increase. And then you get a, a, a 20% increase. And then they give you a, a, a promotion, a title change. And then you get another 10% increase. All of a sudden you start, you start adding up the increases in your head. You start, you start projecting five years out. Well, if my increase is this, and then my increase is this, and then my increase is this, well, then I can go ahead and I can change out this car, and I can get this car, and I can get this house, and I can get this house, and I can get these things, and I can get these things. You start projecting all those things in your mind. But guess what? One day you're going to walk into that office on, 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 on increase day, and they're going to say, here's your 2% increase. See, listen, y'all don't, y'all don't, 
you don't know what I'm talking about because you haven't been there yet. But they're going to say, here's your 2%. Here's your 1%. You know what? It's been a tough year. We had to make some cuts. You wouldn't believe, but some people were even let go. This year, we're going to keep you. We're going to do you a favor. We're going we're gonna to keep you where you're at. Now, all of a sudden, what you had hoped for, what you had, had planned on, you're, you're like, wait a second. I've already spent the next two increases at 10%, at 20%. i have already spent it. I've already made commitments for it. Now you're, you're broke. You're in that broken place. Maybe you were one of the ones that you, you, you thought because you joined this company and your daddy had been there for 30 years and your granddaddy had been there for 30 years. You joined that company. When you signed that paper, you said, well, this must be a 30-year contract. And you were there for a year and a half. And they said, guess what? That department, we don't even need that anymore. Now you're, now you're broken because that which you had thought to depend on. It's not there anymore. Somebody looked back on your Twitter page and your YouTube page and your Instagram profile and they found the stuff that you were talking about when you were in middle school, when you were in high school, and so now that political career that you thought that you were going to have, that's not yours anymore. Now you've been canceled and you're in that broken place. Listen, while we're sending our children out there to throw balls and to run around tracks, all they are is a hamstring away. All they are is an Achilles tendon away. A torn rotator cuff away to being in that broken place. Guess what? They never got their degree. They never made it even to the minors. You, you said, well, let's just factor in that you just make it to the minors. And you just do five good years there. And that's where you'll be. You had already spent those checks and spent those checks. But guess what? It didn't work out like that. It was a sprained finger. Elite athletes know that a sprained finger can totally cancel your career. Now look, I don't know nothing about that, but elite athletes, they know that any disadvantage, listen, when you're at that level, everything has to be perfect. Any disadvantage. And all of a sudden, you are a step too slow. And you are no longer in that elite. You're just a, used to be, high school marvel. High school hero. Now you're in that broken place. Listen, it's, it's a promise. But now where Jacob needs to get to, where he needs to get to, is he needs to get to this contented place. Go to Genesis 35, verse 2. Genesis 35, verse 2. This is where then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments 
And let us arise and go up to Bethel and make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. So now, now Jacob is in a place. You know, you never seen sin be so sinful until your children are wearing it. You've never seen your sin be so sinful until you see it on your children. You never know how disgusting a cigarette could be because you remember that one time when you were with your friends and you thought, well, you know, it's okay until your son comes in the house puffing on that cigarette. You're, you've never seen sin. You've never seen sin be so sinful until you come down into your living room and your daughter is drunk. You've never seen sin be so sinful until you see your children wearing it. Now the rationalizations are gone. Now the moralizing is gone. I keep, I keep saying, Brother Edward, you got to. It's, 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 it's the Word of God. It speaks for itself. You've never seen sin be so sinful until you've seen it on your children. You excused them when you wore it. You said, well, you know, that, that was just a time and a place. That was just a season in my life. But when you see your children wearing your sin, Jacob sees his children, they're wearing his sins. The, the, the crimes that Jacob's children commit are from his sins. And now Jacob is saying, you know what? Enough. Enough. Now we have to put it all away. We're going to have to tear ourselves away from this. He says, change your garments. Now he's ready for sanctification. Now he's ready to be separated. Now he's ready to apply that oil to his heart. He says, wash yourselves and change your garments. And he says, that all that stuff, we're not even going to sell it for a profit. Just, just bury it under. It's, it's worth nothing. All your strange gods, all your earrings, all those things that you've committed yourselves to, they're worth nothing. Just leave them all behind. You know what I love about this? Is that now, in Genesis 35, verse 10. Just go up to verse 9. And, and God appeared to Jacob. This is after. After sin has become sinful. After he has made the decision to put it away. To leave it all behind. Now. God appears unto Jacob again. And when he came out of Pan Duram and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. 
And he called, listen to this, he called. This is the past tense now. He called his name Israel. Now he has become a prince with God. He has power over himself because he has submitted himself under the authority of the greater. Now he has power with God and man. He's applied the oil to his heart. He has taken the instruction of the Lord and applied it to his family. Now he's in this, he's in a contented place. The minister on Wednesday would call it, a, he's, he's satisfied. Now he is satisfied. Now he is satisfied. This is the man that now has the hope that when everything has been taken away, when the land has been put to famine, and his sons are telling him that it's time to go to Egypt. And he's saying, but this is where God has told me to dwell. This is the man where God can come to him and says, Jacob, you can go down to Egypt. He says, you can go down to Egypt because I myself will bring you up again. God tells Jacob, he says, go to Egypt. And if, when you go down, that I'm going to bring you up. What I love about this is that they asked Jesus about the temple. And Jesus answered them in John 2. He says, he answered them and said, he says, destroy this temple. Destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. He says, destroy this temple. And in three days, I'm going to raise it up. This is, this is the place of, of contentment where, where I'm only trusting in God. He is the beginning and the ending for me. I'm not trying to sort my own way. I'm not trying to strike a bargain with God. I'm not trying to strike a bargain with men. But He is the beginning and the ending. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says that, For if we believe that Jesus, that He died and He rose again, even so, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring to him. This is that place that we need to get to where we know that, that if we lay it down, that God is going to raise us up. That we know that even as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that if we are in Christ, that we shall be raised with him. Not for any of our own merits. Not for any of our own skills. But because our hope, our faith, our trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So th these, this is the place that we need to get. So we talked about that conditional place. We talked about the, the broken place. We talked about the place of contentment, of satisfaction. Those are just the way stops. Those are just the way stops. Next week, we're going to focus on the instructions on how do you get from where you are to where God... What is the instruction? 
Because if you know what the instruction is for you, you know what the instruction is for your children. And now you can leave a true inheritance. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.